It's Friday night, everybody. You know what that means. It's Friday night. Let's have some fun. Let's get together and play a ton. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm John. And we're... Friday Night Games. And we want to immerse you into our love of the hobby by educating and entertaining you through our board gaming adventures. Our podcast lands every Friday, and we create content for Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. This episode is sponsored by TabletopRenaissance.ca, located in our hometown of Windsor, Ontario, Canada. They just launched their web store, so check out TabletopRenaissance.ca for your board game and tabletop miniature needs. On the last show, we were talking about the 15th Annual Golden Geek Awards by Board Game Geek, and we went through a bunch of the categories, but we didn't get through all of them. So this is the second part, and on this show, we are going to finish off all the categories, but there's going to be one catch to it. John hasn't seen the list of winners or nominees, so he has no idea what's going on. And because of that, we're going to make him guess. And just so you know, our special guest today is Michael from Aethex Tube. So, hey, Michael, what's up again? Hey, guys. Yeah, I'm glad to be here and looking at this list of the 15th Annual Golden Geek Awards. Yeah, and this is great because we're actually pretending like we didn't record the whole thing. (laughs) 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 But we totally did. <laughs> That's all right. And it's and we already know it's actually a really good podcast. So thank you for sticking with the second part. You're really gonna enjoy it. Michael, just quickly throw out there where everyone can find you. Oh sure. Yeah, my main uh, platform is YouTube. It's at yeah, youtube.com slash athextube, A T H E X T U B E. And I can also be found on Instagram and Twitter at, at athextube as well. Yeah, make sure you check out Michael's Climber videos, which he does every week, right? Yeah, I've been doing that for about maybe like four months now. Every week I've gotten a lot of good response to that. We look at, you know, what games are climbing up the BGG list the fastest. And I also do, you know, unboxing, playthroughs, and reviews. Awesome, yeah. And I've been really enjoying your Climbers list. It's been very, very insightful. You can actually read it on BoardGameGeek, too. The links are usually with the YouTube. Sweet. Check that out. All right, so print and play. Here we go. Uh, has, anyone, has anyone played any of these before I go on to this? Has anyone played a print and play in 2020? No, I think I think what's interesting is that this category is like really relevant right now due to the pandemic and how many of us stayed home this year. So it's actually pretty interesting that it's on here as well as, you know, Zoomable games and best board game app. I like those categories, how they were how they were added in. Yeah, so so I've only played one on this list. I played Rolling Realms, but I did actually print out a, a few other games that aren't on this list that I think must have been released last year and one of them was was the winner. I didn't get a chance to play those yet but i think that the fact that this is a category here and also the fact that shut up and sit down did a big episode on printed play games really brought this to the forefront and you you know after you go through the nominees you'll see that there's some you know big names on here like rolling realms was from stonemeyer games and you know some others from other big studios that kind of release print and play versions of their games yeah rolling realms is they're going to be that's supposed to come out this year like the actual version of it which is pretty neat. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So look for that. Oh, hopefully I didn't spoil it. Ah, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> What's Jamie? Jamie doesn't set us anything anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I haven't played anything of this, and I, I know nothing 
I know about Rolling Realms. That's about it. I, I, I do know one. I know the crew had their own little downloadable expansion due to COVID, yeah. which I thought was cool. I don't know why that's not up here, but maybe people just never got around to playing it. I do remember Ticket to Ride being print and play and i thought that was awesome did, did you go through the list of nominees no i didn't <laughs> <laughs> okay well here's the list of nominees here we go seven wonders duel solo black box bomber boys grave a lot 1870 paleontologists roll and cook rolling realms rollway station and ticket to ride stay at home there you I go. like <laughs> seven wonders duel solo <laughs> That's hilarious, yeah. I think that's, that's hilarious. hilarious. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> that should be game of the year. That should be game of the year. <laughs> I'm going to go with the only one I heard of, which would be Rolling Realms, which is, I think, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, kind of like you kind of play through all of the Stonemeyer games a little bit. I don't know anything about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, you, you basically, there's like uh, little areas that have each of the Stonemeyer games on them. And then one of the cool things that he did with this is that he refined it kind of as people played it and got feedback, he would actually update it and provide new versions of it. Wow. So it was kind of like a mass playtested game, which was uh, kind of cool. Nice. That's really cool. I totally want to go download it now. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it's pretty neat. And I think it was nice that he used all the same like iconography and stuff from the other Stonemaier games, so it kind of tied everything together. I, I think this is kind of a sad category because I think the games are going to win are probably the most popular games. Not necessarily like... Because, you know, a lot of the print-and-play games are actually kind of like indie. They're like independent games, just people just trying to get it out there. And I, I feel like this is going to get taken away from like you know, Rolling Realms because it's a Stonemaier game, Ticket to Ride because it's like another big company, Days of Wonder, and Seven Wonders Duel, same thing. I bet you those are going to be the winners and not because I have the list in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, so so what, what one thing is, is I, I think it's good that they have this out here because it brings more exposure to print and play. And there's actually yeah. a separate print and play award on Board Game Geek where they have like the print and play like competition every year. Fun yeah. fun fact, that's how that's how we started. We actually reviewed a couple of the print and play games during that competition. Oh wow. As a, as like that's like how we started our podcast. We didn't know where to start and we're like, "Oh, eh, we'll just we'll just do these print and play games." And we actually had a ton of fun. Some of them were really fun. Like probably episode 2. What was what was that game we played, John? The Epic of Gil and Ennis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. And then, like, one person had Secret Agent, which they, like, used basically a computer program to determine that the game was fair. And I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> I couldn't even believe the amount, like, the amount of effort they put into these games. It's super cool. And, and one other thing to think about with these, with the print and play games, at least from the stuff I saw, most of the people that are designing these things are, you know, designing it to share with others and not designing to, like, be published or anything like that. Yeah, they don't yeah. care about the money, which is great. Yep. Also sad because they probably could make money. <laughs> well, and, and and I think later on there'll be some nominees here that were print and play games before they became published games. Yeah. Okay, well, so you said Rolling Realms, John. You're close as a runner-up. The winner was Seven Wonders Duel Solo, probably because it's hilarious <laughs> title. And then runner-up was Rolling Realms and then Ticket to Ride Stay at Home. Makes sense. Yeah, so so I, I did look up the... Because I hadn't even heard about Seven Wonders Duel Solo before this. I did look it up, and in the description here it says, Home Alone, no opponents available to play Seven Wonders Duel with you, or maybe your partner companion beats you every time. Come play this game. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious Love it. wow yeah that they're clever they're clever i like it when they do i like when people make jokes of things you know 
<laughs> I haven't played the you know Seven Wonders Duel solo, but Seven Wonders Duel is so good. I could imagine that a solo version of it is very good too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're just adding in a bot basically. Yep. Cool. All right, which you know is a very good lead into our next category. Very pandemic appropriate solo games. So just as a little note, nice. a lot of them are solo solo variants and not necessarily solo only, but there are a few solo only on the list. So I'll go through the list real quick. We got Calico, Dune Imperium, Food Chain Island, Gloomhaven, Jaws of the Lion, Lost Runes of Arnak, Micro Macro Crime City, Root, the Clockwork Expansion, Super Skill Pinball, Forcade, Under Falling Skies, and Warp's Edge. Nice. This category really hits home for me because I feel like I play a lot more solo now. I actually think that my buying habit would be to go towards a game that's solo. If it doesn't have solo, like I'm less reluctant to buy it, I think. That makes sense. Because I want to get my money's worth out of the game, I guess. Well, it's good for you because you learn the game to teach us, right? So you play, you probably play your games more often than we normally would. Yeah. Because of the solo sure. variants. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I also think solo gaming is becoming a, it's, it's become a bigger thing in the last maybe like five years that having a, a strong solo variant really enables, you know, additional sales of games. And, and there's a growing group of people that play, or a lot of their uh, board game time is played solo. Right here right here <laughs> <laughs> all right so which one do i think is the winner so i played dune solo i played gloomhaven i haven't played lost runes of arnax solo i have and i played under falling skies those are the games i own i mean under Scaling, under falling skies was a ton of fun i like the space invaders board game but i like that there's a kind of a campaign to it as well but i think I'm going to have to probably go with the popularity contest on this one and say that Gloomhaven won. Wow. It's it's really interesting looking at this list because I, pl- you know, I own and played Calico Solo. Dune Imperium you own, but I borrowed it and played it solo. Food Chain Island I haven't heard of. Gloomhaven you own, I haven't played. Arnak I played solo. Micro Macro City we talked about that I'm going to buy. Root. The Clockwork Expansion, I love that Clockwork Expansion. I really do. Did, actually... did that add the solo play to Root, or did that exist before? So basically, the Riverfolk Expansion had a solo bot. It was like the mechanical marquee, but it wasn't very good. It, it, the rules and how it played out needed a lot of tweaking. So the Clockwork Expansion was a project. It was, it was called like the Greater Bot Project, and they basically made a bot for each faction that you could play solo against. It, it really, you know, it made the game, it added a lot to me because then I could learn how to play the game and also learn basically the mechanics on how to teach anyone the game, which was really cool because, you know, if you could do a bot, you could basically do any faction. So, so yes, there was, and, and it was by Letter Games in the second expansion, the Riverfolk. But then a group of people started doing the Greater Bot Project for Root, and then Letter Games decided to take that on and release it. Okay. So yes, but it wasn't very good. And then that specifically is really good. And if you, you know, if you have a lot of solo time and you want to play Root, I 100% recommend the Clockwork expansion. And they're coming out with a second one too, which I'm really excited about. But you know, that won't come out until next year. But I'll definitely get it. Yeah, I feel like Root's going to have an expansion a year until they stop selling. <laughs> yeah they're never basically they're never gonna stop that's what's gonna happen <laughs> print that money so, so one thing i did want to say is under falling skies on here if i remember right was actually a print and play game that was really then subsequently published 
Really? I, I played it at Gen Con 2020, and I thought it was pretty good. I actually like Super Skill Pinball 4K better. Thinking back, I do I do really appreciate that game a lot, just because it plays like Space Invaders. You know, there's a lot of dice tricks. You, like There's a lot of dice decisions you got to make. I think it's really plays out really well. But it's cool. I didn't know that was a print and play. Yeah, yeah. So I guess it goes to show, you know, the print and play do get noticed from publishers, especially I think it won an award one year in the print and play competition. Wow. Good for it. That's awesome. Sorry, John. So what did you think won? I'm going with the popularity contest and said Gloomhaven. Oh, uh, you're wrong. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> What's your second guess? I'm just going to go outside now. What's your second <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I have no idea. Mate Root. No. Okay. No. Winner. Dune. Winner Lost is the Dunes of Arnak. Winner is the game you own, and it's a solo game, and it's the print and play. So, Under Falling Skies is the winner. Nice. Good for that game. Yeah, that's awesome. Big applause there. You know what? I, it's probably because that's like a strictly solo game. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. know about the other games on there, but like Under Falling Skies is only one player. So maybe that's why. Good for it. I think it deserves it. I think it really does. It's a good game. I'm going to play it again on tomorrow. <laughs> In celebration. Maybe I'll bring it to work. <laughs> You're busy at work, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does tears fall from your eyes? <laughs> okay, well, the next category is... I, I really like this category. It's thematic games. Usually these games look really cool and fit a theme, and everything in the game fits that theme. Here they are. They're Cosmic Frog... Dune Imperium, Dwellings of Eldervale, Etherfields, Forgotten Waters, Gloomhaven, Jaws of the Lion, Lost Runes of Arnak, Marvel United, On Mars, and Pandemic Legacy Season Zero. I feel like that Sesame Street song's like, one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> Should play. Like Marvel United just seems like sticks out like a sore thumb on this game. It's a category. That it's like the most thematic or not the most thematic i just i mean like if you look at the other games like marvel sorry yeah marvel united is just like it looks like a kid's game okay essentially like very cartoony everything else is very much not oh um, so so i like that the, I, I like that dune imperium and, and lost ruins of arnak are on this category because i know i think they're they're very two com- comparable games and i say i always say that i like dune imperium as a better game, but I think Lost Ruins of Arnak has a better theme. I think it has a better theme too, actually. Is it best thematic game of the year? I don't know. I haven't played much of this list. I might have to go with either like Dwellings of Eldervale for popularity reasons, maybe on Mars. Okay. Probably my two picks, but I think Dwellings would probably be my number one. Yeah, so thematic game of the year is actually Gloomhaven, Jaws of the Lion. Okay. Runner-up is on Mars, and runner-up after that's Dune Imperium. So what does everyone think of that? That's weird to me. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know how I feel about that. I, I don't, I mean, I feel like there is like a thematic connection in Gloomhaven, but I don't feel like theme is the main aspect of the game yeah same but i I would also argue that most of these games don't aren't like heavily thematic games anyway maybe like maybe Etherfields or right i mean even the runner-ups right dude imperium and and on mars don't 
don't feel very thematic. Maybe Pandemic Legacy Season Zero should have won. I don't know. Here, here's a question, Michael. What do you what do you consider a thematic game? Yeah, so I, I think it's a game where so a good example of a thematic game that I think is an excellent game is uh, Zia Legends of Adrift System. Mm-hmm. So it's a game that I feel like is best enjoyed if you're not trying to win it necessarily, but you're trying to do something fun. I think a Western Legends is kind of in the same vein of it, and I just think that when you're, or I, I guess another another way to look at thematic games is a game where the theme is at the forefront of the game. So let me think what a good a good example of that would be. Like I think a lot of thematic war games kind of put the theme ahead of other aspects of the game. Maybe you know, maybe you could argue Twilight Imperium is more of a thematic game than a than a strategy game. A game like that at least puts the the theme at the forefront ahead of some of the mechanical aspects. It's very interesting to me because I feel like thematic games and like art and presentation are very similar, right? Like uh, like a, I feel like a thematic game I mean and a game that has like great art and presentation are, are like I guess like they're focusing on the same thing. They're trying to make the theme is at the forefront and they're trying and then in, they basically take their imagery and design around the imagery, right? So like I guess other fields would actually be I would agree 100%. That is like 100% thematic. <laughs> right? The way yeah. you're playing, the characters you're choosing, the whole scenario you're doing is is all themed around each other, right? Well, like Dune Imperium, yes, Dune Imperium is the theme of the game, but the mechanics, mm, I mean, I, I guess you're like choosing a house, but it, it is not the same as like Etherfields. I guess Etherfields closer to like Dungeons and Dragons, while Dune Imperium's closer to like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> worker yeah. placement game well, so, like, oh, it's weird yeah so like uh, i would say a thematic game actually another example of a thematic game would be a lot of the arkham horror stuff oh okay yeah 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 exactly yeah, those are heavily thematic games art scenario story right exactly yeah some other story-based game like maybe like stuff fables is more of a story-based game oh i think we just That's nailed not- it I, I would say i would say story-based would almost be like what the th- what a thematic game should be Right. So if that's the case, then I guess like I can agree with Gloomhaven winning. That makes sense to me. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I guess when I play Gloomhaven, at least, and, and maybe this is just me, I don't, I'm not really playing for the story, though. Oh, okay. Okay. Like I, I could see you playing like Etherfields maybe for the story, although Absolutely. I feel it's kind of weak. Or I, I think a lot of people played uh, Tainted Grail for the story. Right. Or Nemesis. <laughs> that's another one of, of the same yeah, vein. For, right? the, for the story and the thematic connection to those games. Right. Whereas. I, I don't think a lot of stuff on this list this year. Maybe, maybe Forgotten Waters is a. I think Forgotten Waters is a heavily story based game. Right. Um, yeah, it is. It maybe is. Maybe that so, one should have won. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's just it's just an interesting list. It seems like a tough. Maybe that's the problem that like you know we're obviously struggling to try and put it all together, <laughs> or even think of games for twenty twenty. Maybe that's the same problem everyone had when they were voting and choosing the games. Right? They're like thematic game i don't know <laughs> my opinion differs from other people right i mean thematic game is is you know kind of another way of saying ameritrash game <laughs> I think in, a, in a lot of ways so the ameritrash and... game of the year is gloomhaven <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny that's funny but like traditional ameritrash is just you know is is where theme is again uh, ahead of mechanisms Right. And a lot of these games are like a mishmash, right? Where you've taken like something that has a theme and you've put some mechanisms around it that are more Euro based and you've created a game that is a good game that also has, you know, the theme tied into it. And I think that's where the 
the line kind of blurs, along with the fact that the BGG audience is heavy Euro gamers, right? At least right. historically. Right. Yeah, which makes sense why you're looking at a bunch of Euro games in this list. I think I said yeah. on Mars 1, right? I say, yeah, on Mars is one of them, Dune Imperium, and then Gloomhaven. So that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, Gloomhaven won, and then yeah, on Mars and Dune Imperium. I would, I think, I would disagree that any of these probably should have won. Right. <laughs> so, what, what, so you, you think Etherfield should have won, or Forgotten Waters probably? I think after talking with you, I think, I, I think I'd be more leaning to for, towards Forgotten Waters or. Right. You know, I haven't played Pandemic Legacy Season Zero, but I've heard the story, and it is really compelling. Yeah, so I, I would be for that too. Uh, again, I haven't played any of those, but I'd definitely be for Forgotten Waters, Pandemic season zero i played dune imperium and i played lost runes arnak and i could tell you that i would not put them on this list (laughs) yeah well that was fun (laughs) so the next category is war games oh i don't know i haven't played we can just skip the war games right (laughs) no one's ever played these (laughs) (laughs) i feel like war games are a big category though aren't they like, would that be like a big part of board game geek? I, I think historically it was like the back. If you actually look at back in the early days of board games, maybe or early days of modern board games in the nineties, war war games were a huge portion of of the hobby. But I think as the years have gone on, it's basically just GMT that makes board games, and the rest the rest of the world has moved on from that. That's crazy. I actually, I don't know what I could say, but I work with some person who was in like a military at some point in his life and he actually got hooked on war games and he would like do tournaments of it. And so like he found out I, I was into board games and he's like, oh, have you played this game? And I don't even remember what it's called. I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's, he's like, it's like the greatest simulation of war of like actual battle. And I'm like, oh, I mean, it sounds cool, but no, I've never played it. The campaign uh, uh, for North Africa. <laughs> it wasn't. It was not that game, but <laughs> <laughs> although it wouldn't surprise me if it was, to be honest. All right, well, we'll just you know, without going through the list, we'll just say that Imperial Struggle and Undaunted North Africa probably won. Oh, and they did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, the most the most euro of the war games yeah it's exactly yeah the, the one that most people have probably played yeah, imperial struggle and undaunted north africa and then after that was versailles 1919 so so one thing i, I will say is while we we're uh, while we we're talking about this i looked them up and roughly 50 percent of these games are published by gmt <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so they they have like a real big following man that's super cool yeah i mean they're basically the war game manufacturer that also makes the occasional like euro game. yeah (laughs) that's hilarious well good for them they're probably killing it all right so the next category is again another very pandemic topical category called zoomable games so i'm gonna go over the nominees real quick we got floor plan forgotten waters half truth hues and cues mondrosity my city rolling realms search for planet x super skill pinball 4k and welcome to new las vegas very cool yeah this is an interesting list i mean i can definitely see you know floor plan and welcome to being super easy to play over zoom yeah. and i mean even i i can even imagine like the you know rolling realms and other like rolling rights being that way but i don't know have you ever thought about or i mean i guess no one here has played search for planet x but i don't know how that would work over a, over a zoom i i yeah i don't know how that would work over zoom either i i read people were playing forgotten waters over zoom because it is like a co-op game um, mm. which is super cool 
and and I actually heard a lot of people. Forgotten Waters isn't even a solo game, but people made a solo variant just to play it, which is kind of neat. Oh wow! Yeah, but yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. Like, Welcome Two is definitely playable. Super Super Skill Pinball Four K is definitely playable. Any of the roll and rights are always playable, right? Because you don't you could just do it on your screen. Hues and cues, I agree with that. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I I guess you just have to look at what games were played at any of the online conventions and was it easy to play or follow along to their demos, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, Hughes and Cues, Mondrosity, My City, Half Truth. Yeah, I agree with all those. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what games you guys were playing at the online conventions. I only played like the heaviest of Euros. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I... <laughs> It's funny you say that because I think now that's probably when I'm going to play those types of games is at a convention because you could find people who want to play it, right? Sometimes it's hard to convince yeah. your group to do that, especially like the time commitment. I know I know, you, I know, know your group's pretty good. They'll make the time commitment for it. But our group, it's very hard to get everyone on that time commitment, to be honest. Yeah, that's that's tricky. I mean, that was one of the, I think last year at, well, two years ago at BGGCon, I played 25 new games that I never played before in the course of like four days wow most of them most of them that were like four to four to six hour games wow how fried was your brain after that after those sessions yeah by the end of the weekend i think i i think i only had about one more day left in me of board gaming wow you're like and then i need to take a break (laughs) (laughs) i need to take a break from the the game yeah you like go to you like book a resort Your wife's like, Michael, what's wrong? You're like, dude, I <laughs> I need to get away from everything right now. Everything. Humans, board games, cardboard. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I was going to say, which one did you think is going to win the, the Zoomable game? I really have no idea. <laughs> Just throw it out there, John. Let's go with Search for Planet X, because why not? You know, that's not a bad guess. That was a runner-up. Okay. The winner was Forgotten Waters, actually. Oh, interesting. I own that. Maybe we, maybe we can play it on Friday then, Matt. You can you can Zoom it for us. Two, two Fridays, because I actually have to learn the game. <laughs> if, if it's actually the best Zoomable game, then you should be able to play it. You can work through it. and. I don't know. It's a long game. It's like a three-hour minimum game, I think. It's time commitment, but you know what? You know what? Maybe I will. I can play it solo. I'll play it solo. I mean, I mean, you're you're trapped at home still, right? I yep. am, but <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of Hearthstone to play, Michael. Come on. <laughs> uh, and then runner-up was my city. That's actually cool because we we stream that, and I I can agree mm-hmm. with that. It's super easy. If you have your own board, you could, or if you just print off a board, you can draw in the shapes. Oh, I okay. Can agree with that. Search for Planet X. I'm actually like super curious about this game now because I did hear a little bit of hype, and then you kind of sold me on it, and I have it coming, but who knows when it'll actually show up. Well, now now that it won this, it's making me think, is it possible to play over Zoom? And I just checked, it's $130 on Amazon right now because it's sold out still. Wow, that's crazy. I know, it, wow, it's been sold out for a while. I know, I, I heard they're on. They're trying to make another print run of it, and that's kind of the problem they're running into. So, makes sense. Mm. Okay, well, here's a fun category, best podcast. And your nominees for best podcast of the year are, well, this is strange. I don't know if you guys are seeing the same list I'm seeing, but Friday Night Games is on it like nine times. <laughs> <laughs> is that the list you see? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
okay. Obviously, I'm kidding. Uh, we're we're a little bit too small and too niche to be uh, known. But I'll I'll go through the nominees first. So we got Blue Peg, Pink Peg, Board Game Barrage, Board Game Blitz, Board Games Insider, Five Games for Doomsday, Game Brain, a board game podcast with Matthew Robinson and his gaming group. So very wrong about games. Space Cats Peace Turtles. Oh, I like that name. This game is that's broken. A, that's a, that's got to be a TI uh, a TI four podcast. I think you think so. Maybe that nah, makes sense. Here. Yeah, uh... <laughs> I think it's only. Oh no, they're also doing a, a root, but they do a lot of. It probably started as a TI four podcast. They're on a lot of episodes. Holy smokes! Yeah, unofficial podcast of Twilight Imperium fans. There you go. Strategy board games. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. That's a sweet name, though. Man, I love. Interrupted the last one. This game is broken. Do do any of you listen to any of those? I mean, I know like uh, I have Barrage. listened to to some of them just to kind of hear what's up, you know, just see what the competition's like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I listen to Board Game Blitz in addition to Friday Night Games, but <gasps> none of the other ones. Yeah, I know Friday Night Games is great, eh? <laughs> those two, those two guys are, are they're complete idiots, but they're funny. <laughs> I've, li- I've listened to uh so very wrong about games and blue peg pink peg and i think i did listen to a couple space cats peace turtle podcasts but i know so very wrong about games is pretty popular so i'm gonna go with that one as the the winner i i think people really like blue blue peg pink peg and board game barrage i i honestly should listen to more i feel like i just get in that rut of like trying to get our show going sorry so what what do you think one uh so very uh, wrong about games you you got it <laughs> <laughs> wow wow how'd you how'd you know how'd you know i think uh the, out of all the ones i've listened to i think i've listened to that one the most oh it's the best and like multiple episodes oh wow and i just i hear that name throughout you know looking at different like social media pages and stuff like that very cool well and and the third comment on the winner's list was 2020 was a rather dull year in my opinion i am however very happy to see my favorite board game podcast being winner this year oh that's awesome yeah who won i'm gonna check i'm gonna check and see who won last time so i feel like the list was very similar heavy cardboard won last year okay but funny funny note so very wrong about games was runner-up <laughs> there you go yeah so so with podcasts i think you can only win once and then you're removed from ever being able to win again oh so heavy cardboard will never be able to win but then so very yep. wrong will build will never be able to win oh that's kind of cool yeah <laughs> maybe we'll get a chance well we just have to keep going <laughs> There we go. <laughs> we just never end. We just, we're, and our and our and our stick is just like, well, we were gonna we were gonna end after season four, but we really wanted to win an award, so we just kept going. There you go. <laughs> what do you think, Michael? You think they'll help us win? Yeah, maybe. I mean, it it looks like you got to get to at least like 150 episodes before you have a chance. Oh man, that, yeah. Okay, okay, we can. That's doable. That's like another year or so. Yeah, it's like that's about two well i mean there's 50 weeks in a year so yeah about another yeah. two years maybe yeah we're on episode 90 i think yeah and we're already yeah. running out of ideas <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i got some plans <laughs> yes well good we need them we're running out of ideas because we can't play games together that's <laughs> why that's so true it's been freaking like so four true. months so <laughs> You know, it's you know what I gotta give ourselves a little bit of credit here. We've we've kept this thing running for four months without actually getting together. It's actually pretty amazing. <laughs> it, it, is is your is your backup plan still the the OnlyFans page? Yes. 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 <laughs> 
Although I don't know who's gonna want to watch that though. It's gonna so, be like this... someone hacked my credit card and tried to purchase a OnlyFans thing for Friday Night Games. Smart. No, 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 no. Oh. No, no. <laughs> I got like I got this thing on my like a text from my bank. They're like, uh, someone charged like a penny to this like website. Wow. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? Just a penny. It's the cheapest OnlyFans. What were they watching? That's disgusting. Well, that's what they do. They charge you first. Oh, oh that's they... weird. No, yeah, it's a weird, weird thing. I don't know. I've never done anyway, OnlyFans. I digress. <laughs> even though, even though we're uh, on it, no, we're not on it. <laughs> do not look us up. We are not on it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Well, that was funny. Uh, <laughs> so, the next category is another COVID pandemic relevant category. It is best board game app. That's really cool. There's actually a lot of good apps this year. So I'm going to list them. So Cartographers, Charterstone, Codenames, Fury of Dracula, Digital Edition, Game of Thrones, the board game, Digital Edition. Oh, my Lord. Burial Settlers, <laughs> Roll It Right. <laughs> Labyrinth. Digital Edition. <laughs> Digital Edition. <laughs> Labyrinth, The War on Terror, 2001, Two Question Mark, Digital Edition. Roll for the Galaxy, Digital Edition. Root, 2020. <laughs> Wait, why is it Root 2020? <laughs> Well, that's just probably what there's probably like another root game <laughs> oh it's funny sagrada spirit island and wingspan yeah I, I think that's that's pretty cool there's a lot of good games there yeah i love the cartographers app oh really it's so good yeah yeah i play it when i put my try to like i sit in my kids room when they're sleep, trying to fall asleep and so i'll play cartographers pretty much every night that's awesome because i'm a big fan of roll for the galaxy and mm-hmm. i played that a bunch of times and what i learned is I'm really bad at Roll for the Galaxy. I can't beat, like, I think even the medium computer or the hard computer might be, like, constantly beating me. Like, they are really good at it. Do, do you take any strategies away when you play it? Because that would be really cool. I, I kind of, after being beat by the computer so many times, I kind of stopped playing it. But I did develop, like, some improved strategies in terms of, like, really going after a very specific, like, early in the game, deciding on a strategy to go for and just, like, doubling and tripling down on that strategy seems to nice. pay some dividends. But it's really about optimizing your your dice and actually trying to guess. Like, if you really want to, I think if you really want to do well at Roll for the Galaxy, you have to be like constantly guessing what the other what these computers are going to choose, which is really hard because the computers you know do some calculation and maybe even look at what you're choosing and choose other things. Oh yeah, so it cheats. <laughs> it might, yeah, it, it might cheat to to be so good. I, it's hard yeah. to say, right? Yeah, it probably does. I. I know how computer programming works, and if I was a computer programmer, I would, which I am, I would definitely program it to cheat. Yeah. <laughs> how does the is the app like pretty intuitive for for Roll for the Galaxy? Like, can you feel it? Like you feel like it's yeah, pretty I mean, easily you playable. Can, you can and... play the games ridiculously fast, like fifteen minute games. Oh, like that, that is awesome! Damn, I, yeah, yeah. Because so I haven't really, I've actually haven't played any of these apps. I've seen Spirit Island played i've seen wingspan played and root and i was very impressed at the quality of root specifically and wingspan games specifically but i really liked hearing that i could play these games really quickly as opposed to like setting it up explaining rules sometimes it's nice to have the computer there to just kind of help you to guide you through your process right i think that always helps i was kind of surprised they made a couple of these i never really thought of charterstone as being like an an app game like mm-hmm. game that should like have an app made isn't that a legacy game i thought that was like a legacy game it is yeah yeah, yeah that's a little strange the other one that was kind of surprising to me was the i mean i don't even know what this labyrinth thing is i've never even heard of that game but besides that one 
apparently this game is like super popular. Really? Yeah. Funny story. We were actually asked to review Labyrinth when we first started like two years ago. And honestly, I had no idea what I was doing at that time. And I'm like, I don't know what this game is. I'm like, is this a joke? Are you trying to scam me? <laughs> and then later on, I find <laughs> out like, oh, this game is like super popular in Britain. I'm like, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah so I'm it, looking it up here. Okay. Okay. So it's, it's a war game. That's why. Oh, yeah. okay. War it's a GMT terror. war game. Oh, is it really? Yep. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. So I guess that that explains why I don't know anything about it. But the other one that I was a little bit surprised about to see on this list was a Game of Thrones board game, digital edition. Yeah. Why would that be? Is that that's a long game to begin with? Well, I guess maybe it's up there because it's be quicker against like a computer what do you think maybe but i don't think it's gonna be very fun against the computer like the fun of the game i don't know if you've played game of thrones the board game but the fun in this game is the negotiation with other people and determining when they're gonna screw you over because it's gonna happen because you can't win the game so uh, game of thrones the board game if you haven't played it is a faster version of diplomacy i think is okay you know every house is gonna select their moves simultaneously put down the chips so that everything's selected and then everything gets revealed and, and resolved in a certain based on like turn order plus I think the certain things. I forget the, the details there. Mm-hmm. So the fun part of this game is like you have to take the strengths of your house and you know negotiating with other people in terms of you know who to trust and when to backstab them. <laughs> it's basically it's it, Game it's of Thrones. Very, <laughs> it's basically Game of Thrones, yeah. <laughs> and but it's an incredibly long game. Like I think the first time I played this game, it took us like seven hours, and the second time it took us Whoa. like six hours. Oh, you were telling us this, and that was just yeah, with, yeah, yeah. with five people. Wow, wow. So I can't believe it's any slower in the digital edition. Maybe it is. I don't know. Do you, do you think like having the the computer being a helper would speed you along a bit? I think so. I mean, I think the resolution of the actions gets a little bit complicated. Okay. And so probably having the computer to do that. And, and maybe it makes the game more fun, right? Because if the fun part is a negotiation and the selection of your actions, maybe that part isn't slowed down. It's the same speed, but everything else that goes around that happens faster. So maybe it's, you know, maybe it's a better version of it. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, exactly. Maybe, maybe because it's a better, oh, this is interesting. I'm actually thinking of like, like John, we should play some of these on a Friday. I downloaded Fury of Dracula just now. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. That's, that's we're talking. You're like, download this. <laughs> download this. Fury, Fury of Dracula. We played a long time ago. Uh, I don't think. No, you... I wasn't part. I wasn't part of the group then. You were in Toronto, yeah. But man, I, we didn't. Well, we had a fun time playing that one just because we had two people in the game and one person was pretending to be Dracula. I don't know why. <laughs> and it basically ruined our whole game because we thought he was Dracula and he's like no I'm I'm actually a regular person or like why are you pretending to be Dracula this whole time the whole point is to find Dracula was that uh, Bill or Zach Zach was pretending to be yeah. Dracula and Bill was actually Dracula and Zach is like yeah. going around pretending to be him and so we actually thought he was Dracula and he's like no I'm actually the dude and I'm like why are you helping Bill win <laughs> And then Bill Bill tells us that he is Dracula, which changes, which turns into like a different game of basically you're running away from Dracula. And he's just murdering us because we weren't preparing for Bill to be Dracula. We were like giving him items. It was bananas. <laughs> like this is oh wow. Oh, I know. We're like this. Oh, like <laughs> which kind of ruined my experience because it was a long game to learn. It was a longer game to play. <laughs> and set up and then we ended up going that direction but great story though yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys should play it i think it's a really good all 
you know one versus many game. It is, yeah, um, I, I do agree. I, I do, I did see a lot of the elements of it being fantastic when we played it, but it was just hilarious how our game turned out. But keep going, Michael. I, I do think Dracula has a little bit of an advantage in the game, though. So if if you if the person's played Dracula before and can figure out the tricks to do, there's some 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 things you can do that makes it very difficult for the hunters to win. Yeah, I think it was there's like a quick movement or something. They go, they obviously go extra spaces, but yeah, I, I kind of remember you're talking about that. Oh, the they can. Sea. Yes, 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 yes. Are. <laughs> <laughs> so which which game actually won? I didn't guess. So yeah, I guess I'm gonna totally throw popularity to the the wind here. And when Root launched digital version on like Steam, people went freaking nuts. So okay, I'm okay. gonna say okay. That so so based on popularity, what other game is up there? I'm gonna go with Cartographers because a that was a really awesome game from last year, and I really love the app. And then for shits and giggles, Wingspan. <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> you nailed it, dude. You got it all right. Got it all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice that's hilarious yeah. yeah that was more yeah all, all popularity i think for that one wow well that brings us to final two categories which are the meat and potatoes of the golden geek awards these games will probably sell tons of copies if not already have sold tons of copies even the runners-up will sell tons of copies because they're all fantastic games okay here we go <clears throat> medium game of the year nominations this is exciting actually i this is like the moment i i look forward to every year actually like medium games are what i really love playing so this is really exciting okay here we go beyond the sun calico dune imperium Fayum, fort lost runes of arnak my city nidavellir oceans pandemic legacy season zero the red cathedral and the search for planet x all great games this is awesome okay let's discuss this i'm gonna throw something out here is i don't think some of these are medium games oh my god i was gonna say the exact same thing too let me guess my city yes that's <laughs> yeah. to me is a, is a light game yeah. and i haven't played calico but i'm pretty sure that's a light game i play calico I and i actually think it's a light game too i don't know how it got on medium i don't know who was like spamming the medium button <laughs> <laughs> <Poor game. laughs> um and and the third one that i'm kind of questioning whether it's a light game or not is the red cathedral i haven't played that one and it's on my list like again it's one of my pre-orders and it's just hard to get yeah I, i've heard it's kind of like light medium it's like on that border line i guess yeah I, I guess i'll say it's probably a medium game i would say i i played it and i think it's probably gonna win some major award this year although oh. i'm surprised it didn't get nominated for i mean nominated for more stuff in this list i think it didn't get nominated because i don't think it's as available because i actually tried seeking it through like so we're, we're in canada it's really hard to get here if it's hard to get united so and then i looked so i started looking in like amazon in the states and stuff i couldn't even get it and i'm like if it's hard to get uh, okay. in the united states it's gonna be really hard to get here so you know that the number of people who played it is really low maybe yeah you know i thought it was available on the geek store though was it oh, maybe, maybe it was maybe it's not anymore no it is it's still available there oh geez i should buy it <laughs> it's been available at the geek game shop for a while oh so i think it was hard to get for for a while but even my city was they're both cosmos games right so my city was hard to get also for a bit only because they were only releasing it in barnes and noble 
at first mm. before they brought it to game stores. So there's a little bit like, I don't know, I'm not a big fan of that. I'd rather go to the small game stores so they can make money and continue to bring me my Beyond the Suns and Dune Imperiums. Just my opinion. Yeah, we, we happen to be pretty lucky here in Austin. We have the Gaming Goat Austin game store that tends to be able to get some of these hard to find games in. Nice. Well, they must know what they're doing, which is great for you. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how they get them, but they, they got games like uh, a game that pretty much no one can get, Eclipse Second Edition. They somehow you, got copies you, of What? It. You can't get that game. That game's not even out, in my yeah. opinion. <laughs> yeah, they got, they, they got copies of it, though. You know, they or probably they had a few. They went around, like, stealing the copies. from. They, like, <laughs> they had a list of the Kickstarter people. They're like, oh, yeah, okay, House North Austin. Yeah, okay, we got it. <laughs> my game now. <laughs> that's funny yeah there's a lot of great games on this list michael what do, what do you want to win this i know you know the winner but what do, what do you think the, the feeling i i would say is that one thing is i haven't played all these games but based on the ones i've played and what i know about them i would kind of put the search for planet x red cathedral and probably either Dune Imperium or Pandemic Legacy Season Zero as, as my choices. Nice. Yeah. For me, I, I would say Dune Imperium is my is my top choice of this list. Uh, and, I, and I agree with you 100%. Calico and My City shouldn't be on here. Obviously, I haven't played everything either. But yeah, Dune Imperium and man, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to say Lost Runes of Arnak would be my top two. Yeah, I, I would put those two on my list as well. and Maybe Pandemic. Yeah, Pandemic has been... I mean, I know that game was pretty popular. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so you ready for the winner, John? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's Arnak. Okay. Runner-up is Dune Imperium, and then the second runner-up is Calico. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's funny. That's a weird list, too, especially given that Dune Imperium has been destroying Lost Runes of Arnak on yeah, uh, I, you know, the ratings. Yeah, I don't so know. It's already broken into the top 100. Oh, has it? Nice. Yeah, it's at 94 now. That's awesome. Nice. I remember I asked you about that on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Yep. That's good. Dune Imperium is going to rise like crazy. I like Dune Imperium better than Arnak. I could say that. Yeah, I got to get my wife to play it. Uh, we played Arnak together. Um, she really liked if it. If you could play Arnak, you could play Dune Imperium, honestly. They're very similar. Ar- Arnak <laughs> may be the theme-wise a little bit more fun and maybe appealing to more people. And maybe that's why. Because Dune, Dune Imperium is very much like a Dune. Sorry, I, I shouldn't say that. If you're into Dune, you're going to love it. If you're not into Dune, you're going to like it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. But then Calico shouldn't even be up there. So if we remove Calico, what should be there instead? <laughs> Any of the other games. <laughs> <laughs> I would put Red Cathedral probably in that spot. Okay. I think yeah. it's a really good meet. I think it's like the epitome of like, if someone designed a game to be a medium weight game, I-, I would say the only thing about Red Cathedral that maybe is a knock on it is it's artwork slash presentation is not the best but i think they did that to keep the cost down like if you look at the cost of the game it's pretty cheap yeah really i thought the artwork looked really nice from what i've seen of it but are the component the components aren't as great is that what you're saying is that what you're yeah i mean it's just cheaper right i mean it's it's a 35 five dollar retail game so that means that you know they have to i mean that's like one of the cheapest games i've seen in a long time that's like a a regular board game Uh, the the board is i think kind of thin and the the card i don't know i just think that they could have maybe rethemed this and made it a a better looking game okay i agree with that I, i i do i do appreciate those companies like cosmos and pandasaurus keeping their game uh, prices down because even like brew is coming out soon i'm excited for that and that price point's only 35 dollars too so that's pretty awesome so i i do appreciate that so I, I, like on the other hand i'm like you know what? that's not a terrible thing although you know we're obviously all 
we're the three of us are board game consumers. We would like higher quality stuff when we buy our when we buy our games, right? So a, a collector's edition of something like that would be better for us, to be honest. Yeah, but I, I think for most people, it should be at a price point where you can go into Target or wherever and pick up. I mean, I, this is why I envision most most people playing board games do. They go into Target and they pick up a board game to play that very night. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And. And I've actually seen it. Like I've been in Target and I've seen people like debating on what game they want to play that night. So I think that there has to be a price point that people can make an impulse purchase on. And I think that something under $40 is really ideal for that. Maybe even under 30. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Because when you think about it, like it's like 10 bucks a movie per person, right? So it's almost the same idea when you buy a board game. Exactly. Cool. Well, that is a very good list of games though. The medium game of the year. Even the games that we said we would throw out of there, I actually still think those are very good games too. So it's tough. Yeah, and one one thing is, uh, I would also argue one other thing is, I think that Beyond the Sun is probably not a medium weight game. I was actually gonna say, I think it's more heavy. Yeah. You think it's you think it's I, light? No, 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 no. It's it's sorry. It's it's more of a heavyweight game. Right. I would say I would probably put it into a maybe a heavier weight. Looking at the heavy the weight rating, it even has a three point above three on the geek rating, which to me puts it in the heavy category. Right. Although. I guess Pandemic Legacy Season Zero has three point one seven, so maybe it's maybe it's not. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't oh, know. Uh, one thing I did forget to mention earlier is that Beyond the Sun has a version on Board Game Arena now. Oh, that's exciting! That's real exciting. I just saw it, and I was thinking I need to play that because I haven't. I don't know anyone with a copy of it yet, but I know people that are willing to play games on Board Game Arena. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say like it's again, it's another game that's hard to get here in Canada. Yep. So that's that's a solution. But man, yeah. No. But anyways, that's a really great list right there. It's I think I think a lot of those games like you should just own regardless, <laughs> right? Like Beyond the Sun, if you can get it, Dune Imperium. I don't know what Fayum is though. Do you? Does anyone know what that is? No, I haven't heard of it. Oh, it's interesting. Fort is a good game. If you like deck build, I guess this is like the year of the deck builders. Arnak is good. My city's good. Nidavellir, I haven't played, but you know you hear a lot of good things. Oceans haven't played. You hear a lot of good things. Pandemic Legacy is Pandemic Legacy. Red Cathedral, you're you're selling me on it right now. <laughs> and then the Search for Planet X, which you sold on me before. So yeah, that's a great list of games. Actually, right there. thinking about this, I'm surprised Bonfire. I haven't seen it all on this list. You know what? I don't think anyone can get it. <laughs> Oh, maybe. I, think, I think it's just impossible to get right now. I actually have it sitting in a warehouse because it's on an order with monikers. Okay. Basically, I'm waiting for monikers to be fulfilled so it can be sent to me. It's just <laughs> so disappointing. I'm like, oh, I could be playing this game right now. And I've heard good things. I actually saw the demo at, I think it was the October Board Game Geek show, I think think they had a demo of it that i was watching and i really liked it and i'm like i could see it being a fun game to play but oh well what are you gonna do wait yeah it, it also may be that one may break into the heavy heavy game category. oh actually now that you mention it it is on the heavy game category okay well that's oh, a yeah, good that, that's a good segue <laughs> <laughs> that's a good segue <laughs> all right so we just did medium which you could argue is probably the winner of all the board games because medium definitely can go to everybody. But now we're going to get into the hardcore, the hardcore, the heavy game of the year. All right, here's a list of games. I have definitely not played a lot of them, but we will go through them anyway. 18 Chesapeake, Bonfire, there it is, Gloomhaven, Jaws of the Lion. I'm going to pronounce this really wrong. Hallertau, High Frontier for All, Kanban EV, On Mars, 
Praga Kupi Regni. I'm sure that's pronounced completely wrong. Tekinu, Obelisk of, of the Sun, and Vice Counts of the West Kingdom. Wow. There's actually some really good games on this list, too. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would almost argue, though, that Jaws of the Lion and Hallertau shouldn't be in the heavy. Yeah, I would agree. Oh, really? I, that's interesting. I, Hallertau, it's not... You think it's like a... I actually have never played it, and I don't know much about it. So you think it's like a medium game? Yeah, I don't think it's any heavier than Beyond the Sun. See, and that's weird, and that's maybe why like Beyond the Sun maybe should have been up, right? Should've yeah. Against these. I don't know. I mean, I, I it looks to me like their cutoff is a weight of 3.2. I don't know why they chose that. But if it's above 3.2, it goes into heavy. If it's below, it goes to medium. And like games like Pandemic Legacy Season Zero and Beyond the Sun are just under it. And games like you know, Gloomhaven and Holler Tower just a, a little... Or Gloomhaven, Jaws the Lion and Holler Tower just a little bit over it. But it also has Gloomhaven, Jaws the Lion at like a 3.56 weight. And I don't believe it's that that heavy. Really? Yeah. Yeah, 3.56. Wow, that seems a little bit crazy. Yeah, I mean, that's like in the range of like... What is it? I think it's similar to... Like the uh, original. Maybe not Kanban. Yeah, it, it's similar to like... Actually, Vice Viscounts is even supposed to be lighter than that. And I'm not sure I believe that. I think Gloomhaven... Jaws of the Lion is a very, you know, approachable game for most people. Oh, that that's one thing I was going to say. I've played Vice Counts. I actually think Vice Counts is more medium, to be honest. It has mm. a lot of components. Uh, I was going to say the same, yeah. has a lot of components, but, like, so, like, I played Tekinu, and I played Vice Counts, and Tekinu is definitely a heavy game, and you know it's a heavy game when the rules have rules. You know, like, you have, like, <laughs> basic rules, and then you're like, oh, I got to learn more rules on top of that for every rule so like takino is definitely up there vice counts i think is a pretty i i guess it could be complicated because there's a lot of decisions but the game flow and strategy of it's all pretty straightforward in my opinion well if 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 you want a game with a lot of rules play high frontier for all oh really i almost bought that actually i'm trying to like i was trying to do like a little fun segment which will be coming up very soon once a bunch of content creators get their stuff to me but i looked into it and then i'm like whoa 4.77 uh-oh <laughs> yeah so so i actually learned to play it at BGGCon online with a guy that i mean he knows the rules wow. in and out he was teaching it to us okay it took him an hour and a half to teach us the game and then whoa. we played it for about seven hours i think and we got through like a small piece of the game you played it for seven hours <laughs> Oh, yeah. oh my that is crazy and apparently even with that we made some like errors in the game oh i'm like, sure we made some mistakes mm-hmm. even with the guy that knew exactly you know everything the the rule book is like a dense like 35 pages wow and and the thing is is a lot of these things are like complex calculations and very like you're really optimizing very small things with high frontier yeah it's a i would say this is a weird game because it's it's a very heavy game but it's also like super highly thematic wow and so it's a weird crossover between these two because it's really about if you're not familiar with this game it's one of the heaviest games you know on the bgg database but it's basically about you know developing space and developing the solar system well i know i noticed this this version specifically is re-implements a bunch of other versions too so obviously it's the latest reprint of it with all the expansions too which maybe that makes it slightly longer but 
I don't know. I don't think so, but I will add one thing is they have two other modes in here, which makes like have quicker modes that are easier to learn. Okay. So if you're not interested in playing the full like heavy game, there's other versions of the game. And there was actually, the guy was telling me there's another version where instead of like, you know, we spent like four hours of this just developing our rockets. Wow. And drafting cards and buying stuff um, to even be able to, you know, hardly do anything. I mean, I don't think we launched our first rocket to like two, two hours in. <laughs> So you can kind of bypass that all by having like a draft of the rocket parts wow. at the beginning. Yeah. So, so so anyway, it's it's quite the game. I own it I, as well, and I don't know if I'll ever play it again. <laughs> it's it's more of a collector's <laughs> edition than it is actually a game you're gonna play. Yeah. You're like, I got this game, and then like someone's like, Do you want to play it? You're like, No, we're just gonna leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I even I even bought all the expansions for it. Wow. So I was like, oh, you know, it can't be that bad. It's you know, I played a lot of heavy games, and I was yeah. like, ooh, this one. I don't know if I want to teach anyone how to play. <laughs> it's a convention game. That's what it sounds like to me. Something you go to a convention yeah. where someone knows how to play, and you play with them. Kind of like what you did. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. That's crazy. Okay. Well, <laughs> what does anyone have any opinions on what should win this category here? Uh, I mean. I haven't. I've only played Gloomhaven, but if I was gonna pick, like, I don't think Gloomhaven needs to be on this list. I, I, I think it's pretty easy to play for me, at least. I would say maybe on Mars, just because we started setting it up and we're like, now it's gonna take too long, and like immediately tore it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of fun with the Vice Counts of West Kingdom playing that with you, Matt. I did too. I actually really liked that game. Yeah. But I still think that's like more of a medium. Actually, it's kind of interesting because it's like the medium, the heavy, you're like, you want a bunch of games to win, right? Because like, for instance, yep. Vice Counts could be on the medium list, but it probably won't win there. If it's on the heavy list, it probably won't win there either. <laughs> but it's a good game you should play, right? Oh, uh, What they need to do is they need to create a medium heavy category. Right. And a light medium. <laughs> yeah, and then they can have five different categories or five categories and five games can win instead of just three. Yes, I like that. And sell a bunch of games. Yeah, because that's all. The, that's what this list is going to do. It's going to sell these games like hotcakes, right? Well, I know I bought a couple games already. <laughs> like right now. <laughs> yeah, isn't that what the isn't isn't this what the whole podcast was about? Getting like, you to buy some games. games? Yeah, yeah, buy? it was. Yeah, what did you buy me? <laughs> what you buy? What you buy, Michael, for being on this? What? You're like you're like I sent them all the print and plays, all the print and plays are heading Michael's way. Uh no no I bought I bought Beyond the Sun. Did you really? Oh nice. Yeah. From four hundred one. No, I got it from Area Forty Two Outpost. Oh wow. Oh wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Hopefully they do did with you what they did, or ho- hopefully they deliver the game like they did with you, and I get it like tomorrow. They will, or they'll tell you to go to Tabletop Renaissance yeah. or sponsors. Well, I don't know. I don't think I think Solon's supposed to order that for me. It doesn't matter. I'll I'll cancel it from him. I don't think he's getting it in. He's yeah. backed up. So anyway, so what do you guys think is gonna win on this? So you're saying Gloomhaven? No, I'm saying you're saying Gloomhaven. No. I, I think I think <laughs> you said on on Mars, right? Yeah, I said I on said Mars. on Mars. Okay. Yeah, yeah. and. And I, I would also agree that Gloomhaven probably doesn't deserve to be on the heavy list. I think it's, I, I just think, especially with Jaws of the Lion, with the uh, kind of teach you how to play Gloomhaven, it just makes it a lot, e- it makes it more accessible that takes it out of the heavy category. Yeah. So, so, so I think it's probably going to win just because it's so popular, but it, it, it probably doesn't deserve to be in the heavy category. For games that I would choose, and I also think Kanban EV should be disqualified because it's just Kanban again yeah it's, it's not another a version game. right right it does look amazing it looks incredible but it's it's not a new game really it's very it's like it's not even 
I wouldn't even consider it a second edition because you can play the original Kanban with the slight rules modifications, uh, you know, without any problems, or the Kanban driver edition with right. the mm-hmm. rules modifications without any problems. I think I would choose between On Mars and Bonfire as my top choices here. I think that I, don't know, I think Bonfire is probably the better game. Have you have you played Bonfire? Yeah, I played it. I think it's really good. I think it's a uh, Steffenfeld game that actually looks good, and I think there's a lot of cool stuff that he did with the mini games in this. Mm-hmm. So the way Bonfire works, it's an action selection game, but your actions are selected using these tokens that you build up, and you can get the tokens by placing these like three square things on your in your map and depending on how you place them depends on the number you know gives you a certain number of tokens that then you can spend to do actions and then the actions do different things and the end goal is to obviously get victory points and there's a bunch of different ways to get victory points like a normal stefan feld point salad game but i think the things that he does differently here is that one the game looks really good which most stefan feld games objectively look terrible and the second thing is he did this this cool thing with the creating this kind of polyomino light game in with the rest of his other mechanisms which i don't think he's done any other game and i think it works well for the controlling the action selection mm, nice yeah i want to play that game so bad <laughs> i don't well actually it's um, uh, on a funny note you almost bought it john and I, I like told you not to because i had it on order yeah you can you can get it at brimstone right now too yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> i know i know i should really i should cancel my order and get it separate my pre-order from bonfire just do it or, or, or I'll call him up, maybe. Be like, just charge me 10 bucks, ship it. Yeah, I definitely want to play Bonfire. I definitely agree that Kanban shouldn't be on there. I guess on that note, you could argue High Frontier for All might be because this re-implement, re-implementation may not necessarily need to be on there. But you are right. It does have the newer rule set to it. So maybe that's a good thing. Yeah, I, I, I think maybe High Frontier deserves to be on it just because it's changed enough from third edition i know what it is i know what it is no one's actually gotten through the other games <laughs> so it's like a brand new game for heavy right <laughs> you haven't actually finished it yeah you started three years ago and then now you're finishing it finally right yeah i i should say because i on game design they put some trust in us too and they're a pretty awesome company but <laughs> it's funny okay well on that note what do you what do you guys think one <laughs> You said on Mars, John? On Mars, yeah. Yeah, well, you're wrong. <laughs> what do you think actually won? Well, Michael said Gloomhaven. You got it. There you <laughs> go. And then on Mars is a runner-up, and then All right. um, the, the second runner-up was Vice Counts. You know what? Okay, so just that's the final category. That is the big shebang. That is the biggest heavy game of the year. So basically the best game of the year that's heavy is Gloomhaven, Lost Runes of Arnak is medium, and Micro Macro Crime City is light. So I just I just want to point out something. I think I want to get your opinion on it, both of you, Michael and John. Do you think, th- so we just agree that there should be more categories, right? I think it should mm-hmm. almost be like one to two is a category, two to three is a category, three to four is a category, and then four to five is a category. Am I wrong? Like for weight? Yeah, that's seems accurate because it just seems like 3.2 to 5 is just like there's like i don't know like comparing on mars to vice counts is crazy to me mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean like i don't think that those two should be in the same category i'm just pointing it out there well i i think one one thing is i think games have gotten in some ways their heaviness rating has been getting heavier even though the games haven't necessarily gotten heavier mm-hmm. so maybe there's been some skew in that Right. Like, I don't think anyone would think that Calico is a medium game, but it's in there. 
Yeah, I don't and, even. And, and why is Santa Monica in the light game and Calico's in the medium game? <laughs> That's a very good point. That's a very good. Yeah, I'm looking. Calico is 2.17 for weight. Yeah. Uh, and then Santa Monica, this has to be under two. It's 2.14. No. It's 2.14. Yeah. Calico is 2.17 and Santa Monica is 2.14. Who is deciding this? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I think they just need to split this thing up into, into like a more, I mean, I guess you have to have a cutoff and maybe the cutoff is 2.15. In this case, I don't know. I don't. It must be. <laughs> but I, I think their granularity for these games, they should they should really look at expanding the list and having like you know five different groups. Yeah, I I agree. I agree with that 100. percent Because because even like when you look at some of the lighter games, let me see here. Because like Project L is a really light game. It's coming in at one one point six nine. Look at Micro Macro. Oh, is it gonna be like zero? Oh my god, one point one. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like like and you're comparing that to something that has like a rating of two, you're like, okay, so micro macro is probably just like you throw it on the board, you know what you're doing right away. And then like Santa Monica, you gotta read some rules for at least half an hour, right? Like yeah, yeah. I don't think they should be compared to each other, and I don't think I'm wrong about that. I think both of you agree, right? Right. So board game geek, if you're listening, <laughs> that's the conclusion of this whole podcast. You need to refine that light game of the year, medium game of the year, and heavy game of the year category, <laughs> and put us on your podcast list. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> I like being in. No, nah, we don't. We don't. We don't want that pressure. Yeah, then we have to like. <laughs> Yeah, that that comes with a lot of pressure, John. That's like, okay, now you got to produce every week into our content. I'm like, oh, actually, can we be put on the other list where we don't have that pressure? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyways, well, this has been a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, thanks again, Michael, for hopping on, especially short notice. Yeah, you're welcome. I had a great time talking about BGG list or the BGG geek game winners this year. Man, I am so happy that you came on too because you had a lot of knowledge. Well, you have a lot of knowledge. Every time we bring you on, you have a ton of knowledge, but you definitely help like refine some of the games and what we're talking about. It's it's been amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us and even coming on at the last second, man. You you're my hero. So thank you, thank you, thank you. You're welcome, guys. And you know, I, I love coming on your uh, podcast and I like listening to it. Appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome. All right. If you like what you hear, don't forget to like us on your favorite streaming platform and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on our social media, Instagram at Friday Night Games underscore official, Twitter at Friday Night GMS, TikTok at Friday Night GMS, or you can check out our website, FridayNight.Games. If you have a game that you'd like for us to preview on our podcast, shoot us an info at info at FridayNight.Games. And again, I'm John. I'm Matt. And it's Friday night, so let's have some fun.